Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. Uh, Always a pleasure to have you with me. I assume, if you're listening to this, that you're a small to medium-sized, privately held business owner. And I'll also assume that uh, at some point, you may be considering different strategies to, to exit. Obviously, it was the Exit Coach Radio Show, right? So uh, what I'd like you to do is grab a, uh, a pen and a, a pad of paper and prepare to take some notes as my next guest, John Homan, uh, who has been involved in many facets with businesses for many, many years, uh, talks to us about some SBA loan workouts. And we'll probably cover some other topics when it comes to financing as well. So, John, thanks so much for for joining me once again, and uh, a pleasure to have you with me. Thanks, Bill. I'm happy to be here, and we're going to talk about an exit that sometimes uh, you you haven't planned for, and that is that you've got this great idea, you've gone out and either purchased a business or maybe started a business on your own, and you don't have the capital to get it all done yourself, and one of the alternatives you consider is uh, getting an SBA loan. Um, many of us have heard of it. Um, A few of us have actually gotten one. There's about 50,000 new SBA loans every year. Um, And and they vary in size and vary in programs. They're typically better rate than than other types of financing. And because uh, the way the program works for – called a 7A loan, which is a, a, mm-hmm. a, a, a business loan as opposed to a real estate loan, you've got 10 years to pay it back. The, the, the bad news with uh, an SBA loan is um, they want you to personally guarantee it. And what that means is you're not only signing your name to say if the business fails, you're going to find some other way to pay it back. But in some cases, they'll make you um, assign an agreement to put a mortgage or a, a lien on your home. Um, uh, they'll have your wife sign the guarantee as well as yourself. And mm-hmm. that can give you, give you pause. Um, and, and I've known more than one situation where the wife has refused to sign and the loan never happens uh, because she's just not willing to take that risk. So what we're going to talk about today is what happens when you get that loan and you've got the money, you've employed it, and plans the plans don't work out the way you expected, and the business starts to go the wrong way. And um, awesome. So let's let's talk, John. Before we jump into that, you know, uh, one yeah. of the things our, our listeners uh, listen to a lot of different advisors and 
authors and other people who deal with businesses. And I know, you know, your focus is in, um, in work helping businesses in the exit planning. So you're a perfect guest for this show. And I know that, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is that if you think you're just going to uh, set your business up and sell it, go out and sell it in the marketplace, you might find out there's so much competition and and you would know this because of your affiliation with uh, business brokerage and all this kind of stuff. But what's about what's the percentage for our listeners before you know before we get into this strategy? What's what's the percentage of business owners that that come to someone like an M and A or broker business brokerage firm that actually end up selling their business through that firm? And uh, second part of that is. Why is that? Why is the percentage? And I, I think you're going to tell me a low percentage. But why is the percentage so low? Why do so many business owners not end up selling to an outside buyer? Well, you know, so often we set up a business that we have great expectations for, and and over time those expectations aren't realized, and what we end up with is a job. In other words, we show up to the business every day. We do what we need to do. We make enough money to survive, but there's really not a, a lot of profit. So when you look at that business as an outside person um, looking to buy a business, how much are you willing to pay to buy a job? Um, and, and the answer is you're typically not. If you could go earn an equal amount or even just a little less um, by being employed by somebody else, why would you take all the risks that go with uh, running your own business? So, you know, a vast majority of businesses, well over half, are are not saleable because, at least in the Main Street uh, business area, because they they don't make enough money to, to, to give um, – uh, to, to make it a viable investment for an outsider. On top of that, the majority of business owners think that selling a business is, is easy. Um, and uh, they'll take on the job when the time comes to sell the business themselves and not employ uh, an intermediary to make that happen. Uh, and as as a result, uh, they find out that it's not easy, um, that selling a business is a, is a job just like the job they do every day, and they find that they don't have time to do both. Um, in addition to that, um, they take every comment that a potential buyer makes personally. Um, and uh, <laughs> right, right. and they get they get all upset and concerned. And, you know, you you told me my baby is ugly, and I don't ever want to talk to you again. Well, <laughs> right. uh, and, and and that's just the nature. What do you mean it's of, not worth? Of the you know, what, yeah. What yeah, do you mean it's exactly. not worth? You know, five times net profits. What do you mean? Yeah. 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 Really, really good points. And and one thing, you know, to highlight what you said there, just to bring this back, is you said well over one half of those who approach a business, well over one half, don't end up selling either because, you know, the business is unattractive, let's say, to a buyer or not profitable enough or there's too many skeletons in the closet, let's say, when they go through their due diligence. And there's a lot of competition out there, right? That's the other side of it is you're, you're not the only sure. business up for sale. That that's very true. Yep. So, and, so it's um, important to have these, I, I, these other alternative methods uh, in your in your quiver, you know, to know about what else is out there, right? And that's that's where this uh, the SBA loan strategy could work. Sure. Just to hammer home your your point, even business intermediaries who 
turn down many businesses that uh, people come to them and ask want to be represented, even though we turn down lots that we know just aren't saleable. We can't always sell every business we list because there just isn't that buyer out there uh, that's you know that's looking to make that investment. And, and the typical time to sell a business is nearly a year uh, from the time it's listed till we actually close escrow and a, a new owner takes control. So it's a it's a daunting task and not one that uh, should be taken uh, taken on lightly. Yeah, and again, it's it's not. Um it's not anything a business owner should take personally if their business owner if their business doesn't sell or isn't able to be sold or if they if they hear some things about it it's it's a lot of times it's it's poor planning uh, up front people people have an unrealistic expectation they think it's like their house i'm going to list it and in 4 weeks i'm going to be handing over the keys to somebody and done with it and and like you said a, a year is the average timeline that's a lot that's a long time to to keep working uh, and by the way, while you're, it's not like your regular job slows down while you're doing all this gathering of information and courting people and discussing things with people. So it really is a difficult time for a lot of people. Well, yeah, and he, to the to to the point, one of the reasons why you need to start planning your exit so long before you actually exit, you know, three to five years in order to have really a successful exit is because for majority of small business owners, they mentally leave the business long before they decide to sell it. And by that, I mean, they're burned out, they're tired, they've had setbacks. Yeah. And and now everything else in the world looks more interesting than the business they go into every day. So they, they walk in the door, they go through the motions, the clients that have stuck with them for a long time, realize they're not getting the attention that they were getting before they start looking around for someplace else to get the same goods or services and and the business trend lines start to go the wrong way and if you think it's hard to sell a business when things are good when the numbers are all going the wrong way it becomes almost impossible because everybody wants to drive that trend line onto the future and if the trend line is down you know they're forecast you're forecasting serious trouble ahead so yeah. So, so again, one of the things I try to focus on with this show is, is uh, you know, we we've all, uh, you know, if you've ever been in a let's say a country club type of environment, you you know the guy in the corner over there who sold his business for you know a ridiculous multiple. There's always that guy, right, or that lady, you know, that person who who, who lucked out, who everything worked out all, all, and a lot of times it's because they were smart in the way they they developed. And set up and ran their business and had it ready for sale. Um, but what about the others? You know, what about all the others? Because there's a huge wave of people, baby boomers, that are reaching towards retirement age, and they're reaching that burnout stage, and they're saying, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't liquidate it. There's not enough value there. I need to either have someone continue to run it or manage it or take it over, but I'd sure like it if they'd put some skin in the game, right? Um, sure. sure. However, my employees don't have that money. My kids don't have that money. So how am I going to raise some capital and have have the company pay that back? But, again, there are some risks. So that brings us to our topic of the day, the SBA loan workouts. Is that... Is that becoming or has it become a common strategy? I mean, interest rates are low, and 
it's a ten year a ten year note is pretty attractive if you especially if you can prepay it if things are great. Sure. Well, in, in addition to what you just said, one of the most attractive ways to sell a business is for the purchaser to uh, to take out an SBA loan f- um, to make that purchase. Uh, and and the result of that, instead of you as the seller needing to carry back a whole bunch of the, the sales price because a the buyer doesn't have the money or or b he's so concerned that the business is going to go the wrong way that he wants you as the seller to share the risk. Um, you know, it's a it's a way to uh, to get cash in your pocket without taking on all that risk yourself. Um, and and um, we'll give you two recent situations. We sold an M and A transaction here, and the the buyer there was one segment of the business that the M and A um, uh, that the acquirer didn't want. And so we ended up working with the seller, and one of his managers went and got an SBA loan and bought that little teeny segment of the business and was able to carry it forward. Um, so there's all kinds of uh, situations where the SBA loan as a strategy makes sense. Now, where I develop, there's only six or eight of us in the country that actually do this kind of work on a re- regular basis, and it's the SBA loan workout situation, and we're I developed uh, um, a lot of expertise in it is in this uh, little recession we had a few years ago where where hundreds and thousands of businesses were being forced to close because the economy got so bad. Um, and uh, one, one quick little story, there's a, there's a franchise system that sold tanning uh, um, services. And uh, not, not only is that a discretionary purchase and tends to go down when the economy is not good, that the Surgeon General came along and determined that tanning was bad for you, and they put an excise tax on all tanning services. So it made a bad business even worse. And so uh, we, we took 50 franchisees in this one system and and worked them through and got them out of their loan without that big, scary, I'm going to lose my house situation. And Many cases, um, we we got them out of their SBA loan for uh, between ten and twenty thousand uh, dollars. Never showed up on their credit report, uh, and um, and in in some cases, the business even continued on. Um, so it's a uh, um, it's it's not as scary a situation as the bank will uh, lead you to believe. But it's uh, it's it's an interesting path that needs to be charted in order to, order to successfully uh, get out the other side if, you're, if your business is, uh, is, is not working out and you're not able to repay the loan that, uh, that you promised to pay. What so let's, it- let's kind of start with the nuts and bolts, John. So what uh, we all know, you know, with the SBA, Small Business Administration, you know, a long time ago when it first started, probably in, I think it was the 40s, guaranteed loans itself from the government to business owners. That's no longer the case now. They they now they now back up loans that are made by by banks, right? So so that so so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about you talked about the 7A loans um, personally guaranteed. And so what is this what is a strategy? What does an SBA loan work out? Okay, so um First off, you did a pretty good job of explaining how the SBA works today. Every bank that hangs a sign on their wall that says we're an SBA certified or an SBA preferred lender 
it's it's a it's a misnomer. Uh, while they're um, they're signed up for the program and and use the SBA forms and have to get approval for the guarantee, every bank is making an independent credit decision based upon their own portfolio and willingness to take risks. So, the term SBA loan is not. Uh, a generic term that means the same thing wherever you go. Um, the SBA guarantee is what's called a credit enhancement to the bank. So the bank is doing all the same underwriting that it does for any other loan, uh, and then they're adding the enhancement of the personal guarantee and the and the uh, uh, and the uh, guarantee from the SBA if the loan doesn't get paid that the government's going to reimburse the bank. Um, but what that means for you as a borrower is that the um, the bank is no longer chasing you for uh, the unpaid balance. The federal government is. And, and if you don't address that fairly quickly, it gets turned over to the Department of Treasury, and they're the one of the world's mm-hmm. largest collection agencies, and they're very good at it. Um, and uh, they will make your life very uncomfortable. Uh, but there is a way to work with the SBA to get released from the loan without ever having to go to that step of uh, having uh, the Department of Treasury knocking on your door and threatening to take your your car, your house, and your boat. Um, so, um, so, so that so that's what the workout is. Uh, so, where so what we're in. assuming, yeah. what we're assuming uh, now for the for the balance of this conversation is someone has taken out an SBA loan. At a, at their level, they've gone through, they jumped through all the hoops. They personally guaranteed it, all that kind of stuff, and now they want to get out of that arrangement, right? Why would they want to get out of that arrangement? Typically, what what happens is the the, the business plan isn't working, um, the the sales aren't what's expected. Um, uh, you, you're having trouble meeting payroll, and and the one of the big mistakes that that so many people make is they start doing things like tapping their 401k or their IRA and they start taking those funds out and using them to try to help a failing business. Well, not only are there horrible tax consequences to that, um, one of the things that the federal government is precluded from uh, being able to touch are those protected retirement accounts. So you deplete those, um, uh, and, and, and the business is still going the wrong way, and in the end you end up personally bankrupting yourself, and you still have this loan to pay, and you still have this for federal guarantee. So the, 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 the better strategy is to try to be realistic about where the business is going. And if things aren't going well and you don't have a plan uh, that's working to make things better, stop the bleeding. Um, One of the first things you can do, I never tell anybody not to pay their bills on time, but if you you miss um, up to three SBA loan payments, they pretty much will do nothing. So that becomes a source of cash flow for, for you for a little while. The other side of that is the, the bank will not take you seriously uh, that you're in distress if you've paid your loan on time every month because their opinion is if you found a way to pay it last month, you'll find a way to pay it this month. And, mm-hmm. and until you can demonstrate distress to the lender, they won't talk to you. Now, the, the flip side of that <clears throat> is 
when the SBA guaranteed the loan, um, they didn't provide for uh, any relief for the bank if things aren't paid on time. And, and it, it, by that, I mean, if you want to go to the bank 12 months into your 10-year loan and say, you know, we just need a little time. Can I get some relief on this loan? Maybe skip a few payments, uh, maybe restructure the loan. Um, the answer, frankly, from the bank is no. The reason is, is because if they modify your payment terms, um, they are jeopardizing the guarantee from the federal government that they'll be repaid if you fail. So there's no incentive for them to work with you to uh, to um, modify the loan to make things better. So so don't count on that happening because it likely won't. There are two things a bank can do. They can give you a three-payment step or they can do interest only for 12 months without the SBA approvals. Any other variation to the loan requires the SBA to approve it. And with 50,000 new loans generated every year uh, and, and not nearly enough employees at the SBA, the, the chances of a loan being uh, modified or acceptance of a variation uh, being uh, accepted by the SBA are between zero and none. Um, so it doesn't happen. So uh, what what has to happen uh, is you have to be able to demonstrate to the bank <clears throat> that the uh, that the loan is the business is in distress, and, um, and and then the bank is pretty limited as to what they can do. So they'll typically want to push you into the liquidation process. Now the sad thing about most of our businesses, most of our businesses, the actual tangible assets of the business are worth almost nothing. Take a look at a restaurant. When you walk into a restaurant, you look around at all the chairs and tables and all the equipment that's in there. Imagine what that stuff is worth if we have to have an auction tomorrow. Everything that's mm -hmm. attached, like the hood that's over the over the uh, um, grill, etc., that that technically belongs to the landlord because in the lease it's an attachment, so that's not saleable. So you're selling chairs, tables, flatware, and and at a maybe a got a half a million dollar loan to get your business started. All those assets may be worth ten, maybe fifteen thousand dollars at the most at auction. So the the amount of money that's going to remain unpaid after liquidating the business is going to be most of the loan. So um one strategy that um that's been effective in a failing business is um we'll often go out and see if the current business owner has a a uh, friend or business associate that is in a position to buy the assets of the business will go make that offer to the SBA uh, because we know what the auction value is and usually our, the lender, and usually the lender will accept that. Now that friend and fa or family member can continue that business on. The employees often don't even know that the, that the business has been sold because one of the things that can be transferred is the name of the business. So, so now we've eliminated... Um, uh, the business from the equation. Oftentimes, the former business owner has a relationship with the person that bought those assets and can, can even continue working in the business. Now, the SBA um, uh, looks at your sources of repayment, but one of the things they can't stop you from do is, doing is working in the business that you've worked in in the past. So you continue on, you have a job with that uh, that person, and maybe down the road uh, you'll be in a position to reacquire your old business without that big SBA loan payment every month. Now, 
once we get to that point, <clears throat> um, the SBA uh, requires that two forms be submitted. One is a personal financial statement um, uh, called the seven, Form 770, and the other one's a statement of hardship, which is basically a one-page statement. But with those two documents, uh, I have gone in and taken a million dollar, a million and a half dollar loan, and I've got it gotten it settled for under twenty thousand dollars. The reason is is because um, if you don't have the ability to repay, um, the SBA w would rather take whatever they can and move on than to make your life miserable. Now, if you ignore the situation and you try to try to hide from the debt, um, the SBA doesn't waste much time in turning it over to Treasury, and Treasury has a long-term horizon. I've got one person that owns a condo in Playa del Rey and up in the uh, Los Angeles area. Um, they ignored the loan, um, and um, and now, now the uh, Treasury has come back and said, uh, now we're in no hurry. Whenever you die, uh, we'll just take whatever the equity position is in that piece of property. Now, if they would have addressed right. that in the beginning, um, that wouldn't be the situation. So, so, so John, this this is a, an area where it's it, you really you know, listeners, you really need somebody who's been down the road with this and has taken care of this. And unfortunately, we're out of time for today. But I just want to leave our listeners with with this thought, and that is, if you're in a situation where you know your, your exit didn't quite work out the way you thought, and you, now you have uh, the Department of Treasury on your back because you have SBA loans, you need to know who to contact. And John Homan is an expert in this field. John, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you about this kind of a situation, or about you know yeah. you, you deal with with happy exits too? <laughs> yeah, the majority of my work is 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 in the traditional uh, good news. Let's get it sold and move on with your life. So the best way is uh, right. contact me by e email uh, John Homan J O H N H O M A N at gmail dot com, um, or um, uh, call call me six one nine two seven nine seven five two two. Very simple, very good, and great information, John. I, I uh, apologize for us. Uh, having to rush through it because it's it's very detailed and you did a great job explaining it all. But I really appreciate you coming on with this facet of, of planning. Uh, and, of course, uh, you're, you're available to talk to people about, as I said, about traditional exits. But in this situation, there's not many people to talk to. So thank you so much for joining me today and, and bringing us up to date on this potential strategy for our listeners. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 